Bienvenidos de nuevo a La Vida Picante. Welcome back to La Vida Picante. A podcast all about practical effects and how pastel movies can be awesome, but not cake locas. Pastel the color. Yes, we are bilingual. Welcome to the beautiful, magical world of Asteroid, Asteroid City. City. Alrighty, we are going to be reviewing Asteroid City today. It was released on June 23rd of 2023. The director is Wes Anderson, known for the Grand Budapest Hotel. Love it. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Love. The French Dispatch. Uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, Isle of Dogs, basically. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, all those movies, wonderful. The, Even though I've never seen them. The um the uh the 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 other movie that I was thinking about was I forgot the name of it. I don't know. Uh, Those were the ones that I Zizzo. 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 It has uh, Bill Murray in it. I think. Zizzo. I think so. The Aquatic Life. That's what it's called. Zizzo. Yeah. Why Zizzo? I don't know. I have yet to see the movie. I'm really excited. I was recommended to see this film, so I'm probably going to watch it tonight, actually. And this was actually my first Wes Anderson film. Which I was shocked, Locas, when he told me this, when Jabroni informed me that this was his first Wes Anderson film. I passed out from shock, and <laughs> I don't know if I have ever recovered since then. Yeah, it, it was my first one, and I actually in, enjoyed it. It was very funny. It got an audience score of uh, 62%, kind of on the low side, but Rotten Tomatoes did give it a certified fresh score of 74%, which I think it deserves more. Um, but I think it's because you kind of have to like whatever Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson has a very unique style. And I think that if you're not really a fan of his directoral style and his film style, then I think that you probably wouldn't like this movie, but it's very much on brand with what he does. Yeah, and it, and just like his other movies, like French Dispatch, Grand Budapest Hotel, they're they're star studded. I mean, to start it off, we have ScarJo, um, Maya Hawk, Jason Schwartzman, Tom Hanks, Adrian Brody, Ed Norton, Matt Dillon, Jeff Goldblum, Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Tilda Swinton, Jeffrey Wright, Leah Schreiber, Margot Robbie. Uh, Rupert Friend yeah. and Tony Revolari. Yeah, so a very star-studded cast. What I like is that a lot of these folks who are in this movie, they have worked with Wes Anderson in previous mm -hmm. films. So he really likes to stick to his actors. Yeah. Um, and, and they enjoy working with him, I think. Yeah, the one that I was surprised to actually be in it was uh, ScarJo. Yeah. I, I think this was the first, I, at least I've seen in like, I want to say yes. Um, it's been a while, really, since I've kept up with Wes Anderson films, but I want to say that this was her first uh, Wes Anderson yeah, film. Yeah, she, she did really well. <clears throat> I, I really liked what, what she did in the role that she had, and it was just, she's funny. Yeah, she's very funny. Um, I think that her character was very much like a, I don't want to say a parody, but almost like a play, like kind of like on Marilyn Monroe. That uh, was yes. kind of like the vibe that I got from her character. Yeah, I, I got that vibe, too. All right. Well, then let, let's get into it. Let's just uh, go over the movie and then we'll give our reviews and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like call we do day. in every other episode. <laughs> uh, this time, let's just start with, you know, reviewing the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So one thing that I really love about this is that this movie is very much, um, it's like a, 
it's about a play, right? So mm -hmm. it, it starts off with Brian Cranston, and he's kind of introducing the actors yeah. that are going to be playing these different people in the film. And so it starts off black and white, and it's set in the 1950s, and he's kind of like telling you the the layout of the stage and the lighting and the technical aspect of the whole shebang. And then he's introducing the actors and naming the characters that they play. Um, and so it was very unique. Like, I really like that yeah. idea of like the story within a story, because not only are you seeing the story play out on the play and I'm doing air quotes because they do show you what's going on in the play, but you also see the other story, which is what's actually happening like in real life, quote unquote, like yeah. what's actually happening in the actors' lives, mm -hmm. um, which I really like. That's uh, what what was um, what was a term that they used for that? It was a something something textual. Uh, tech tech tectonic tech. Um, Not tectonic. Me Metatech. Uh, meta metatextual metatextual. There we go. Metatextual. Yeah. And it's like somehow, even though it's a story within a story, both are actually providing commentary on the other. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was really great because of that. There's you're getting two stories for one. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a lot of comedy and I thought it was very, I don't know. It was just a very funny uh, movie, but it's very subtle in the way that it approaches it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this, um, this introduction to the movie because we got to see um, that the play is based off of asteroid city and that the creator uh, who is played by Ed Norton, <clears throat> he actually, is typing and writing the whole play right there and then like it's just pretty cool to see all the camera work yeah that wes anderson does to introduce all the actors and you just see them in like the regular clothes yeah uh, as opposed to what they wear in asteroid city yeah and then like once that whole introduction stops then we're taken to like this colorful asteroid city and this beautiful pastel color palette yeah and it's just it, it was amazing because we, we see, I think what really stood out to me was this, uh, this train that where the, all the credits came on and it really felt like an old movie. Cause I feel like you don't really get the, um, credits in the beginning of the movie Yeah. anymore. No. Um, they're usually always at the end. Yeah. Cause of Marvel and all that. We're always waiting at the end for these credits, but in, I don't know, the olden days of like, I don't know. It was always in the beginning. It was always in the beginning. Yeah. So it was really cool to see how, how classic Wes Anderson took it. And it looked like the train that they used was just like a simple like toy train. Yeah. Like it really felt like that just because of the color that he chose for it. And it just, the music went along with it and it just really felt very vintage. It did. It did. And what I liked about this is that in the train, you know, it shows the produce. Mm -hmm. So it has like avocados and peaches and oranges, but then also on this train and you're like, oh, it's so cute. It's delivering all this produce. There's a nuclear warhead on it. Oh, yeah. And that's where we find out that Asteroid City is actually the area where atomic bomb testing was taking place, which you guys, Locas, um, I personally think the conspiracy theory <laughs> in my head, right? is that it's kind of interesting to me how these movies that are coming out this summer are very much about the atomic bombs. Like, let's yeah. not forget Oppenheimer's uh, coming out July 21st. Yep. We already have our tickets. We're super excited about super it. Super excited. Yes. And we are going to be streaming live that day. However, I thought not the it was... Movie. Not, not the movie. movie. Not, not the movie. Just us going to the theater talking about watching this movie. Copyrights. Copyrights. Yeah. Don't want to get sued now. Chris Nolan, please don't sue us. If you want to, though, that would definitely make a good... 
It would. It would good make a publicity good publicity stunt for yeah, good publicity stunt for yeah. La Vida Picante. But you know, this movie is is very much on brand with that. So I'm like, what's going on in the universe and the world that we are doing all these atomic bomb films? I don't know. You guys tell me. It's kind of scary because it if if it's really like all these atomic bombs movies that are being put into the universe, are they trying to like are they like what what is the universe going to answer with? Is it going to be answering with like nuclear warfare in the future probably which is kind of a scary thought considering that all these like movies are based off of like the effects of war the effects of this bomb yeah and it's like it's just scary because what if it's actually a deeper meaning overall i don't know that's my conspiracy theory like what if it's actually saying something that the government's trying to tell us that's exactly what i'm thinking like the government's trying to tell us something by all of a sudden pumping out these movies weirdly enough before the pandemic there was a lot of weird pandemic movies yep and then there all of a sudden there's a whole real life pandemic so i'm like is there going to be atomic bombs is there going to be aliens i don't know exactly oh yeah there's an alien in this one by by the way spoiler alert if you have not seen this movie uh i mean it didn't in my opinion didn't seem like a very popular movie compared to the ones that came out around the same time they came out roughly around the same time as flash uh as uh elemental yeah it just came out last week yeah so it's like we when we went this morning it was totally empty it was totally empty we had the entire theater to ourselves and i mean i always think it's great me personally i love gonna go i love to go see movies and the matinee showing so i like going to see them at like 10 a.m 11 a.m and typically there usually isn't people there but for more popular films there definitely is some people mm-hmm. in this case we had the whole theater to ourselves and it was great it, it was really great I, I liked it It was kind of one of the few times that i actually saw a movie right when the theater opened yeah and it's it, awesome it, i've been talking about this cool. for years yeah <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know i was i was against it but i liked it yeah <clears throat> so one of the things you know that i really like is that in the very beginning of the play right when they cut to the play portion of the movie um, it talks about the dad. It's a dad, and he has his kids with him, and he has a son. His name is Woodrow. And the son, they're there in this asteroid city because there's a stargazer convention. Mm-hmm. And his son was nominated for one of these um, scholarships or awards. Um, and it's because his son is a part of, you know, he's a super genius. He's brilliant. And there are these other kids that were selected for this um, same award. And they're all going to showcase their inventions. And it's all related somehow to like physics or something science-y, right? Yeah, some kind of science. Yeah. And so they're there. And at this moment, the dad decides to tell, or no, actually, he calls the, the father-in-law. Oh, yeah. So the whole reason why the dad is there, uh, yeah. the dad, Augie Steenbeck. Yep, Augie Steenbeck. They, they get to Asteroid City because their car breaks down. Yeah. And so... I mean, we, that's where we meet Matt Dillon's character as Hank the Mechanic. Yeah. And he gives the option like, oh, I can fix this, but there's two options. One, if I put this piece on, your car is fine. Yeah. Two, it could blow up your car and your car just sits here for all of eternity. Yeah. And that cinematography that they did with with how he put just one small little piece like it was just it was hilarious it was so funny it, it was hilarious and then he turns the car and he's like oh i guess you got option number one and then the whole thing just like blows up and the tires pop the tires too. pop you know something falls out of it. it looks like the carburetor and then he's like well i don't know what that is it's some option number three that i've never seen before yeah and so now the steenbeck uh family is now stuck in asteroid city yep so then Augie calls his father-in-law, Stanley Zack, played by Tom Hanks, 
and calls and tells him, hey, can you pick up the girls? Because Augie has uh, four kids, three girls, one boy. Yep. And they're all, like, smart. Yeah. Because you, you get the sense of that because they walk into the – they calculated everything, like, on the way over here. Yeah. Like, this shouldn't have gone wrong because we calculated this. They're and geniuses. They're, they're, they're geniuses. And, and so then – the grandfather's like, wow, you haven't told him yet? And he's like, well, it's not a right time. So, And we're wondering, like, what is what, he talking what about? What is he talking like, about? Like, what, what hasn't he told the kids? Yeah. And that's when we find out. Their mother passed, their mother away, passed away three, three weeks, weeks ago. ago. So he hadn't told his kids that, that their mom passed away three weeks ago. And it's just, it's such a sad thing to hear. That, but it was hilarious. But it was hilarious like the, how they did it. The delivery was so deadpan and it's so quick-witted. Yeah. I, I mean, I was laughing. Oh, we, we we were dying. Oh, and I almost forgot. So we went to go see this movie this morning. Yeah. And when we got to the theater, we actually saw my best friend, Will Ortega, there. Shout out to Will Ortega. Which we've shouted him out so many other times in the podcast. So yeah. many other times that he, uh, he joined us in this movie watching experience today. So shout out to Will Ortega. We were all dying. I feel like we were the only ones laughing in the movie well, because everybody we, else didn't seem like they were getting the jokes. But there was nobody else in the theater. Shit, you said that. Yeah, I'm like, there's nobody else in the theater. Nobody was laughing because we were the only three people there. Oh, I thought there was two people on the, on the Oh, top. there was. There was two people at the top, yeah. It was that old couple. Yeah. Well, they probably didn't understand what was happening. That's that's very mean. Or maybe we find death hilarious. That's very mean. <laughs> Maybe they don't find it hilarious because they're. Uh... <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, but I was. <laughs> Death oh, is inevitable. It's inevitable. <laughs> but we we get to um, see just this this comedy by Jason Schwartzman who plays Augie, and yeah. he's he's been in funny things, Scott Pilgrim. He's been in yeah. uh, a, a couple other Wes Anderson films. And he's uh, he actually plays the spot in the new Across the Spider Verse oh. movie. So it's it's definitely cool to see his his range, and um, I think that brings us to when Augie and Woodrow yeah. meet uh, Midge Campbell, played by ScarJo. Yeah. And, and her daughter. And it starts off because they're in this diner since now they have nowhere to go. You know, they're mm -hmm. just kind of hanging out in this diner and ordering flapjacks. Um, and ScarJo happens to be there. And something about Augie is that he's actually a wartime photographer. Mm -hmm. And so he is snapping photos. So, you know, as we mentioned earlier, there's nuclear warheads that are driving by. And it's because this is an atomic bomb testing site. And so he's taking pictures of the mushroom clouds. Mm -hmm. um, but then to take it back to the diner, he sees ScarJo eating a waffle and he snaps a picture of it. And so that leads to dialogue between Midge and um, Augie's Augie. character. And she tells him, you know, like, you didn't ask for permission. He's like, I never asked for permission. I'm a photographer. Yeah. And she was like, well, I need proof of it. Or, you know, I need proofs of the yeah, photo before she, you post. She wanted a, a, a print of, mm -hmm. of the photo before he, like, released it or something. And late, later on, you actually see the, the film because he made his own little red room in, yeah. in the motel room that they're staying in. Yeah. And so, and it's pretty cool because it's, it's midge and and augie are like their their motel rooms are like so close to each other that yeah. whenever they open their windows they talk to each other yeah they can talk and so he showed her like the the print and she is like all right yeah it looks good looks good 
But one of the things that's also happening is that Mitch has her daughter there, Dina, uh-huh. right? That's her name? Dina. Um, Dina. And then, you know, there's some eye, shy eye contact between her and Woodrow. Ah, uh, yes. And you can just start seeing the beginnings of a romance blossom. Yes. And so Dina and Woodrow, you can tell that they are having the hots for each other. Yeah. And so that that's actually kind of what the whole uh, movie is about. I think it's about their romance blossoming we see a romance between midge and augie blossoming and like i know it's like pretty quick because it's three weeks after his wife's death but it's just like they they both can like kind of relate to each other yeah and they have tragic backstories tragic backstories they connect well with each other and they're stuck here in asteroid city because of their their kids yeah and they have um they have what is it the what is it? The convention, the, the space cadet stargazer the space convention. Cadet stargazer yeah. convention. Yeah. So they, they have to be there for their, their kids. And so then it just shoots over to the, the crater that's being like, yeah. Showcasing. And so the crater was pretty funny because you know, the whole point of the crater is that there's a meteorite that hit it and caused the crater. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so they have it in this little cage and it's this tiny little meteor, but the crate, the crater is humongous. And, there's a singular fenced-in line that takes you straight towards the crater. And, I mean, it's stuff like that that makes this movie so great. Like, just the humor of it. it it's funny because you can legit get into the crater at any point. Yes. Of, like, anywhere in the crater. You can just go over and, and see the, the meeting. Yeah. But there's just this one singular gate fence thing that's just... People <clears throat> should follow and get in line. Yeah. But this is what I love about Wes Anderson films is that they don't rely on... Um, toilet humor they don't rely on like sexual humor or anything crazy it's just very like cute like i don't yeah. know how else to describe that that's like cute humor to me. yeah it and, and it was just funny i kept laughing every time they showed that yeah yeah and and so then you're in the crater they <clears throat> they show the meteor and it's just this tiny little ball yeah it's like not even the, the size of a basketball is what yeah. it looks like and so now all the kids are showing all their inventions we've got a guy that has a jet pack this girl that can make plants grow faster, but they become toxic. Yeah, and she you can't use it on vegetables. I mean, it's a wonderful invention for vegetables, <clears throat> I thought. But then she's like, the downside is that makes all vegetables toxic. Yeah, and then you have, uh, what's his name, Woodrow, who's able to, like... Project things on the moon. And yeah. so it's like the future of advertising. Yeah, future of advertising. And then, I forgot what the other kids made. There was one guy that had, like, a, a, laser, a ra- gun. La- laser gun. And yeah. I don't know what the others made yeah they had a bunch of really cool inventions i mean these kids are geniuses yeah so then it shows a little bit of the kids like getting to know each other they're playing this game that that usually the brainiacs play against like the not so brainiacs yeah. and they win but because they're all brainiacs they end up it could go on forever it, it, it goes on throughout the whole movie and it's where they say the name of somebody right like somebody yeah. that exists and you have to say like what this person does like i guess for a living or like who they are yeah and then you have to keep adding on to it and adding on to it and then you know you go around in a circle it's like a memory game yeah it's a memory game and then they really test woodrow and it's i mean to me it really showed that woodrow is a true genius because he was able to do it backwards he was able to do it backwards and that 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 was pretty cool too you also get uh while they're doing that you get to see who else is also there like stuck in asteroid city which is mostly the parents Mm -hmm. like uh leah schreiber yeah you have the motel manager which is steve carell who's who's funny 
hilarious. Like, you I know, mean, one Michael of the Scott. yeah, one of the things that I also loved about this film, and and um, Steve Carell, you know, this is what his character does as the motel manager. Um, there's vending machines for everything. There's a vending machine for real estate. You can buy yeah. small parcels of land on Asteroid City. Um, you can also make yourself a martini. Yep. I mean, it even pours the and pours and shakes it or shakes it and pours it. Yeah. And then it even slices the rind for you and drops it in the little tiny martini glass. I thought that was adorable. You also have, uh, what is it? The toiletries. Toiletries, yeah. um, cigarettes, food, snacks. Like, I mean, there's just a vending machine for a soda pop machine. There's a soda pop machine for everything. There, there's, it, it, that, that was funny. Yeah. Um, you also have, uh, let's see, who who else? You have Jeffrey the, Wright. Yeah. He was the, the general. Oh, yeah. He was also pretty funny because yeah. he was, like, giving a speech, celebrating Asteroid Day. And then it was just, like, his life story. Yeah. And then right in that moment, everyone has a box in their heads. Mm -hmm. And they're looking up at the sky. And they're just, like, looking at these dots. And they're just kind of, you know, there's something special about it. And then all of a sudden, you see a green dot. And, you know, Woodrow takes his box off his head mm -hmm. and it's the flying saucer. And it's this cute, obviously like toy looking flying saucer. Yeah. Because this is a play, you guys. Yeah. And it has a little toy flying saucer, you know, end up uh, uh, on the ceiling or, you know, people looking up and the flying saucers there in front of them. And this cute little tiny pole descends down from the flying saucer. Mm -hmm. And then this super adorable tiny stick alien like pops out. Like the cutest out. alien. And it looks like it only has like eyes. Like it doesn't have a mouth. Yes, it's adorable. That's, and, you know, I find aliens terrifying, but yeah. I thought that was adorable. They, they made this one adorable and it looked very stop motion. Yeah. It looked very like um, Isle of the Dogs. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it was. Ne very Isle of the Dogs. I've never seen yeah. it, but I saw the trailer. And so you can you know what I I, I can relate to to what the the stop motion looks yes. like, but it it was just it was great seeing that and it's just amazing that the stop motion was with Jeff Goldblum in the alien suit. Yes, because he's the the alien. Yes, and so the alien gets to the gets to the surface. He walks over to the meteorite, and he's trying to take the the meteorite. But he's nervous because everybody's looking at him. And he's so cute and nervous. And he's like nervous. He like puts the cage back on it, but then he opens it back up and takes it. And he sees that Augie is about to take a picture, and he poses. Yeah, he for the holds camera. The he holds it and he, he like he turns his head Tilts and his head. just looks at the camera, and it's just it's hilarious. It's adorable. And then like... he goes back inside, and then he just leaves. Yeah, he just like goes back up into space. Yeah, goes back into space, and that that's it. That's it. That's it for for the alien. And so then everybody's quarantined because now the military's like, we need to quarantine all the witnesses. Like, this story can't get out. This is going to be a cover-up. Um, you know, they're interrogating everyone. Nobody can leave. Nobody can even make phone calls. Like, they're completely isolated because of this alien, of this, you know, UFO phenomenon that occurred. And then we get to see the Brainiacs, like, really, really thrive. Because that's when um, the kids like tap into the the telephone, and they end up yeah. calling in a new article for like a school paper, and then they they submit the the picture of the alien, and it ends up getting released to to all the news. Yep. And then I think that that's Act One and Two. It is. And so before we get into Act Three, 
How about we take a little break? Let's take a break. We'll be back. Locas. <laughs> And we're back from our break to start us off with Act 3 of Asteroid City. Yeah. I think Ast uh, Act 3 um, starts us off with, I think it's a week later mm -hmm. after the quarantine. Yeah. And so they end up trying to, I think the kids, the Brainiacs try to contact the the alien. Yeah. And they do so by uh, chatting with uh, Tilda Swinton, who's Dr. Hickenlooper. Yeah. And she's like, well... How do you guys try to communicate? And that's when I think uh, Woodrow was looking like in the stars. Because, yeah. I mean, it makes sense because he's a stargazer. Yeah, you know, and speaking of stargazing and looking at the stars, this is going off on a tangent, Locas, but recently I've been very much into astrology, right? Like looking at the stars, what is everybody's star sign, sun sign, moon a sign, oh, ascending, boy. so forth, right? So forth. Um, I started, uh, you know, I, I hung out with someone. I, I went on an outing with a gentleman. Talking about a date? Yeah. And, oh. you know, I haven't been out on a date in many years. Look, I'm putting my whole life story out here, okay? <laughs> I mean, the locos are, are our friends. They, they are our family. They are. They are. Hopefully somebody can relate to this, right? Hopefully. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know if the locos are getting dates left and right, but I'm not. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, you know, this is the first time I've been on a date in many, many years and, you know, and, and I haven't talked to a gentleman in a, in a very long time. Okay. It's been many years. Anyways, we were talking about our star signs, right? He's very into astrology and his star sign and, and what hmm. that all means. And so I am a Sagittarius cusp huh. and he is an Aries. And so we were talking about what that means. Like Aries and Sagittarius usually have very good, like, compatibility and we're both fire signs and it's like great and you know to be completely honest like sometimes i feel like you meet people and it just seems like you've known each other for a very long time and so some of the other star signs that i've looked at as well um just in random like readings that i've done and all that is actually um capricorn capricorn and the reason why i look to capricorn is because since i am a cusp I do possess oh, some okay. traits. Yeah, I see because it's like the one right after the other. Like yeah. I think December's Sagittarius and January's Capricorn. Wait, I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you are Capricorn. Yeah. Oh. So, like, I was looking at Capricorn just because I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I do possess certain traits. Like, I think it's more like my work life that I'm, like, very Capricorn-y, I would think. Mm -hmm. But then, like, in my personal life or just me in general, I'm very much a Sagittarius, very much fire sign, very much all of that. Right. Um, so interestingly enough, I saw that actually Capricorns and Scorpios out of all signs, right. I feel like sometimes Scorpios get like bad raps or whatever, but like Scorpio and Capricorn actually get along very well huh. and they have like deep emotional connections. So I thought that was interesting. I've never met a Scorpio in my life. Um, so I don't, you know, I can't tell you too much about what that might be like or whatever. Um, but going back to my point of sometimes I feel like you meet people and it seems like you've known them your whole life. And I know that when I met this Aries, however brief it may have been, and now in our outing that we went out to, it seemed like I had known him my whole life. Wow. And it, it we just connected that way. And so I think that's very interesting. Like sometimes you come across those people that you just feel have always been there. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. But, uh... how, how does that go with the movie? <laughs> 
<laughs> I just went off on a tangent. I'm like Capricorns and Scorpios. Okay, and I thought, I thought we were... me, a Sagittarius with an Aries. Like, I don't, I don't we were, know. We were talking about the stars, and then you went off on like this, you know, Capricorn, Scorpios, Sagittarius, Aries tangent. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've been really, I've been going down the rabbit hole of, of star signs and astrological, and I even have an app. That oh, no. tells me about my astrology oh, and, no. and what that's looking like for the oh, day, no. right? And so I frequently look at, you know, what's going on with me and Aries over here. Me, Sagittarius, and Aries. But anyways, sorry, locas. I went off on a tangent. <laughs> I can talk about astrology all day long, to be honest. I mean, I guess we can kind of... My purse is a tarot card, for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. We got an astrologist over here, y'all. She's an astrologist. <laughs> Um, well, to, maybe I guess try to connect the dots. I guess back to the movie. May, maybe like you've connected with someone, like you've known them your whole life. It's yeah. similar to how Woodrow and Dina you started know, started coming together because I mean they're both brainiacs and I feel like they're both. Um, and I feel like they felt drawn to each other right from the get go. Like yeah. it's kind of like they made that eye contact and and that's kind of what happened with me in this Aries. Like yeah. we made that eye contact and and then it's like all of a sudden I feel like wow like I feel like I've known you and like you've known me like weird. Yeah, and it seems like they're both going through some some hard times. I mean I think Dina's going through a mom that really prioritizes her work before her, her and she children. makes it so obvious makes like it so she obvious. tells that to her like yeah. you know unfortunately for her she's not my first priority that's yeah. literally what she tells Augie. She, she she says it out loud and yeah. then you have augie who's over here like oh yeah your mom died three weeks ago woodrow i mean deal with that and i might abandon you by the way like, and he's like you know woodrow's like i had a feeling i had a feeling you were gonna abandon me so i mean that that makes sense because people who have like i guess dark backgrounds kind of are drawn tragic to backstories. E tragic backstories yeah tragic backstories they are drawn to each other <laughs> yeah. so it, it it makes sense because you also have you know uh ma midge yeah and augie coming together because i think she was abused by her whole all the men in her family yeah all and then augie just went through this traumatic death. yeah excuse me death of his wife scenario which you know i so that's going on in the play but then they cut back to the movie portion like the reality of what's going on right with the actors yeah and they have this beautiful scene where augie's actor um i forget the name of his character within the movie oh, i don't know what the name is i yeah. just know the the asteroid city one yeah so he goes outside to take a smoke break and he runs into margot robbie and oh, she's that's there right and that's she's right. the wife right like in the play she's the wife and she never appears in the play like she is just the photograph that augie took of her um and you know she talks about like oh remember we had this scene where we're talking about how you know the kids are late bloomers and blah 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 like she's going through this whole scene and he was like why was that not included and she's like i don't know they decided to cut it last minute and so then we find out that her all of her scenes were cut in the play yeah um but they have this photograph and i don't know why that's that whole scene where they're on opposing balconies she's on one playhouse she's doing another play and then you have augie's character taking a break and taking a smoke break and they're kind of talking about like why were you and not in this play you know like that would have been nice or whatever it felt very sad to me yeah it, it felt like there was no romance between them but and, it was still sad and it was it was pretty neat to see that because he was having those same like i guess conversations yeah. with with midge in in the play in the play yeah and it was like they're they're separated by this short amount of distance and they're talking and that's what was happening in real life as well so it was kind of cool to see the parallels between the play yes. and real life yes and um 
it, it, it was pretty sad because it seemed like they had a good chemistry together. So it probably would have made the time better, like in the play. But I think Margot Robbie's character said they cut it due to the for sake of time. Yeah. Because I guess it was it, the runtime was too long. Yeah, the runtime yeah. was too long. So it's just it's sad because you can see that he was pretty torn up about it. Yeah. And because he's trying to get into this role of Augie and trying to really he's really putting everything in it. And he just doesn't know why he burns his hand. He doesn't know why he's acting he's the way he is. He's trying to understand the. He's trying to get the motivation behind the character. And he's trying to figure out what is the reason that he this act this not actor this character is yeah. doing these things in the play. And so to me, I'm like, that's very method, right? Yeah. Like he's really trying to understand the emotions, the feelings, the 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 motivation. He's trying to pull a Jared Leto, a Heath Ledger. Yeah, like he's really trying to understand what's going on so he can do the best that he can at this performance. Yeah. So that, that that was a pretty neat scene. And then I think with the week later, they are about to lift the the quarantine up. Yeah. When the alien comes back. Yeah. The alien comes back, drops the the meteorite right there again. And just takes off. And just takes off. And that's when that's when Jeffrey Wright's character of the general, uh, he basically says, Oh, I know I just said that the quarantine was lifted but yeah no i'm putting it back on because it's all this this is all something new and so everybody riots like all the kids they start you know one of them starts using the jet pack the other one starts shooting lasers um the other one i don't know what she does but then you see when all this is going on dina and woodrow have this moment and he projects their initials up on the moon like on a heart yeah it's like a w s plus uh dc or something yeah and so i thought that was cute because i'm like that's kind of like old time like when people would carve their initials like in a tree yeah and this is like him modernizing it and really showing up all the guys in the world yeah and like they start making out and that's then next level I-, I thought it was gonna be midge and augie starting to make out but then that's when augie walks out of the crater into like this really back door thing and it's the stage and it's the stage that that they're on and that, that's when he goes and talks to Margot Robbie. What I thought was really cool is, I don't know if you caught this, um, that when he opens the door to go to the stage, right, you look behind him and the audience is there. So the audience is watching them put on the performance of them being in Asteroid City. What? And it happened for like a split second. Dang. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I noticed that the jetpack was being held by like the yeah the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when you look to the back, when he's opening the door to go to the backstage, you see, like, the crowds of people sitting. Oh, that's cool. It was cute, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that hint of detail that Wes Anderson did. Yeah. And it was just cool to see, because when, when, when you look at, like, the real life, like, black and white part yes. of the movie, you see that um, there's a box labeled Asteroid City Props. Yeah. And inside that box is the alien ship and it's so tiny. Yeah, it's so cute. So it's it, it's just pretty cool how like they made it. And then look you see Jeff real. Goldblum in the back and yeah. he's like in his alien costume and And he's like, Do you do you know where, where the director is? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get into the suit. Like, yeah. Trying, yeah. Trying to get into the, the acting. Yes, yeah. Very Jeff Goldblum. And I think what is it? Then once Augie goes back to Asteroid City. You see that he opens his window to see Midge, and Midge is gone. Yeah. Like, her her motel room is getting cleaned out. Um, you find out that Augie and the Steenbacks are really the last people in Asteroid City. They slept City. in. They slept in. Yeah. 
and everybody else was uh, because left. the quarantine got lifted at midnight and so as soon as it was announced everybody booked it yep. and so they slept through the night yeah they slept through the night and everybody was knocked out they ended up all um going back to i think tom hanks's place yeah to to stay um augie's gonna continue being a photographer we find out that Woodrow won the scholarship by he the did. scientists. Five thousand dollars. That's 5, pretty. That's a lot of money in nineteen fifty. Yeah, so that that was cool. And then you see they're taking the ashes of the mom. Yeah. Back back home to her her dad's place, and then that that's pretty much how how it ends. It 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 just seems like it it started off with the car breaking down. You see it pan out throughout all of Asteroid City. And then it ended with you panning out through Asteroid City, and then the car goes back yeah. to the road. So it was kind of like a, a full circle moment. It was, yes. And and that, that that was pretty cool because it was just beautifully done. And I think they actually used a a real location because it just it, it looked fake. But I think if you look at these places in real life, they they look fake. Yeah. Like the Grand Canyon, when I saw it, it looked didn't look real. But then, like, you see it in a movie and you're like, oh, that's definitely fake. Yeah. it's in a movie. But this one, it, just, it seemed very genuine because they were all, like, driving off into the distance. Yeah. They all looked like they were sweating because they're in the desert. In the desert, and yep. It's, it was just amazing how, how Wes Anderson uses practical effects and actual location filming yeah. in this one spot. It was everything. it was beautiful. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Um I, I think it was so funny. Like that's what gets me about it. It was yeah, so funny. And, and I think like we I think you and me were just looking at some reviews for the movie because it has mostly a, a two star rating. Yeah, it has a very bad rating. And like honestly, people just were saying that it was very slow and that it wasn't funny. But it to me, it it did feel a little slow, but like I was fine with it. You did have to catch the subtle humor. Like yeah. that, that's the whole thing, right? Like it's not, like I was saying earlier, it's not slapstick. It's not um, toilet humor. It's not sexual humor. It's not any of that. Mm-hmm. It's very um, nuanced. Yeah. And, and you have to pay attention to the movie. Yeah. I, I found myself, I think one time I got a, a notification on my watch that I just like looked over, canceled it. And then look back at the film and everybody was laughing. I was like, wait, what did I miss? Yeah. So it's, this is to... definitely not a movie that you can be on your phone and like have it in the background. And then, you know, you're confused as to what's going on. Yeah. No, you actually have to be a hundred percent focused on it. And it's very good. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that was very touching for me in this movie is just how cute it was. Like, I can't, I can't say that enough. It was so adorable. Yeah. And it's not like any other movies where they're really pushing like a really, uh, yeah. What is it? They're not pushing the humor. They're not pushing the the love that they're showing. They're not pushing the drama or the sadness. No. It's just all there. It seems very real life. Yeah. Because you see a lot of these movies and TV shows like on HBO or, or Marvel or anything. Sometimes they're trying to push. Re- yeah. Sometimes it's very obvious that they're really trying to make something funny. Like they're like, ha, mm-hmm. ah, this is where the audience laughs. Yeah. But that's not the case. Or like... um. Like with uh, love and relationships, like I think that the new show, The Idol, oh yeah, on HBO. I think that the creator of that show, he also created Euphoria. So obviously, he's thinking, you know what, the world needs more sexual love, and like let let me just show all this like sadness and and sex, like thinking that that's what everybody wants. 
And it's like, no, like no. there needs to be like a really great storyline. And, yeah. and sometimes, you know, um, it just doesn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I thought that this was wonderful. Like it, it was very, to me, I think what we're trying to land on is it wasn't trying too hard. Yeah, it wasn't trying too hard. And all the relationships that actually built, it was kind of like a... It made sense to me. made sense. It was like a genuine meet cute. Yeah, yeah, meet cute. Because there we you go. Have, you have Augie and Midge. Yes. Like, they meet because he took a picture of her. You have yeah. Woodrow and Dina who meet because they both locked eyes on yes. each other. Yes. You have, what's her name, June, the teacher, played yeah. by Maya Hawk, who falls in love with uh, Montana, Montana Rupert friend. friend and they they end up liking each other because they dance with each other like they like how each other is composed yeah. um he likes that she's a teacher and is trying to keep the children safe she likes that he's very um childish not not like yeah like child childish bad but he he can mischievous yeah mischievous yeah. and he connects with the children yeah very well and then they they dance together and they end up falling in love with each other and it felt very like natural like yes. you're right it was very meet cute like all of these instances all these different love stories that were playing it didn't feel forced it didn't feel like oh look we have these two characters and so naturally they're gonna fall in love no it was very much like oh it was just random and you know they had these connections and so i really enjoyed it because of that yeah it was definitely de- definitely one for the books i mean i i, I really enjoyed it i didn't I'll be honest, I didn't expect to really like Same. the movie. I went in thinking like, okay, it's going to be just one of those like subpar films. It's going to be just okay. Yeah. I legit told you and Will in the movie theater, like, I love this fucking movie. The, yeah. This movie is fucking great. I'm definitely going to get it when it comes out on DVD. Like, yeah. I just think it's going to be one of the, one, it's definitely going to be an Oscar nominated, I think. I think so too. And also, I mean, I almost feel like buying my tickets for the Alamo Draft House because I know that if you bought a ticket at the Alamo Draft House for Asteroid City, you would also have the opportunity to get a tin lunchbox and a thermos, uh, collectible items for Asteroid City. So now I'm living my life in regrets because I'm hoping that they still have them oh, and man. I can buy my ticket and, and let, get let, those. let me know because I yeah. want to get some of that. I, I can use that for like school. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I mean, this was so cute. Like, this is yeah, definitely uh, honestly, it's it's on one of my one of my lists for for like great movies and one that I can like continuously watch. Yeah, and like I know a lot of people say it's boring and that it's uneventful, I don't think but it was. I think even if it is for some people, I think that's what you need. Yeah, like compared to seeing all these action flicks or all these dramas, you need a little bit of boring and you need to kind of use. Who who was it? We did a. We did an episode, Jordan Peele. Yes. He, he said, we need to start making movies like movies were made back then. Movies that you need to really think about and that they make you think. This was this movie, Asteroid City. This was City. this movie. Like you, you, as a movie goer. You, you know what? You, you are right. You made an excellent point there. I think nowadays people are so jaded by films in that every movie that comes out has to be like this crazy cgi mm-hmm. extravaganza there's like explosions and yep. like really larger than life type of concepts so it's like of course when you've been exposed to that consistently yep. over the years you know you have a film like this movie and where there aren't explosions and it's an it's a, a ufo sci-fi type of movie right yeah and so you have these expectations of what that should look like or be yep. like you come into this 
and it's so low key low key very nuanced yep. and so you're kind of like well wait a minute where are the explosions where's the flying saucer that's like in a cloud yep. where's the actual aliens like the fourth kind where's all the craziness yep. like where's the planet eating transformer mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like people come in with these types of expectations and, and, and i also think it had to do with the trailer because the yeah. trailer didn't really show a lot it no. just showed you like people in asteroid city it didn't show the actual no not like, the at whole all movie like fast fast and furious does all the time or the marvel movies do and like obviously with marvel you know what's going to happen it's going to be conflict and a resolution or like crazy, fights, crazy half, fights half the world gets destroyed but you know everything is saved and then you have movies like classic movies like these made by these directors like wes anderson christopher nolan yeah uh tarantino scorsese yep. like you have all these coppola coppola um even gerwig yeah Greta Gerwig like you have these people uh great directors that are working on movies like these that really are what cinema is yeah not saying that Marvel is not cinema because I'm not Martin Scorsese yeah but I mean I truly believe those movies are great but they I think, are yeah I think these directors like they know what the fuck they're doing yeah and that that's just this is just a sign to show what actual like good good ass cinematography does what good direction does and a good script does yeah it just checks off all the boxes and i just I, I loved every minute of it same i so what rating do you think that we should give asteroid city rating yeah i give it a hotter than hell so a, a level four hotter than hell i agree with this rating yeah i mean honestly like i'm i'm really saving my spicy meatball for oppenheimer which i really know it's a really high expectation but I think it's I think it be, is going to be a spicy. It's meatball. going to be a spicy meatball. A spicy meatball. Spicy meatball. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be that. And so this one was definitely hotter than hell because it's it. It made me happy coming out of it. It did. Yeah. Like even though it was like kind of a sad really feel story, good. but like it made you feel good and kind yeah. of so that you can't really do anything without getting up out of bed or something. Like, yeah. That was like that's if you want to do something, yeah. get out and do it. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I I, I really liked it. I don't know what else. So now I have saying. to watch The Life Aquatic. I know I told myself that I was going to watch this. So this movie, because it's a Wes Anderson, now I'm like on a Wes Anderson kick right now. Nice. So tonight I'm going to watch The Life Aquatic. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of interested in the Grand Budapest Hotel. It's good. It's so really, really good. It has. Uh, so one of the actors, his name is Tony Revolori. He played the general's like right-hand man yep. in, in, in Asteroid City. But he also plays, uh, uh, what's his name? He um, plays a character Ray, in Grand Ray, Budapest. Ray, Ray finds his like right hand man as yeah. well, which was actually his acting debut. Because after that, he got big roles like he plays Flash in in the Spider new Spider Man yeah. movies. So it's definitely cool to see how he's still sticking with who he started with. Yep. With Wes Anderson, so yep. it's definitely definitely cool. Yeah, and one of the great things about Grand Budapest Hotel, and I think that you'll see right away, is that I mean, in Asteroid City, there's a very pastel, washed out um color palette that he chose right and this is what wes anderson is known for his color palettes mm -hmm. um one of the things that he's known for you watch grand budapest hotel and there's a lot of like very pinks and jewel tones and it's gorgeous like it is a gorgeous film Ooh, and so you're excited. gonna you're gonna love it yeah yeah so i'm definitely gonna definitely gonna check that out i don't know which other ones to check maybe the french dispatch i didn't yeah. really hear a lot about it but i heard it's also another star yes. cast yep uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom is a classic. You definitely yes. have to check out Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs just because like I like stop motion and Aquatic Life. 
sure. life aquatic sure yeah sure like, yeah. it's good it's supposed to be really good I, I i'll wait for you to watch it and then i'll watch it after you okay kind of like parasite uh i think that's it for the podcast episode <laughs> I'll I'll get to Parasite. I don't even know where to watch it. Where, 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 where is, can I watch it? You can watch it on Showtime. Showtime? Yes. It used to be on Hulu. It is now on Showtime. But I subscribe, through, I subscribe to Hulu and I have Showtime attached to my Hulu. And so I love this movie so much that last week when I rewatched it, I subscribed to Showtime. Oh, my gosh. Oh my god! It is so good. I have rewatched that movie so many times, and each time it, it's just I feel better like, and better. I feel like you're hyping this movie up so much that what? What if I just don't like it? I would be honestly very devastated because it won. Not only it won. Not only did it sweep the Oscars, it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. I don't even know what that is. I. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. Bless you. <laughs> like I don't even know what the hell that is. Palms de Garçon. Locas, as you notice, oh, you have a doormat that I painted that is Comte de Garçons. But anyways, oh. Locas, <laughs> I, um, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, you were talking about the... Ah, the, sneezing. sneezing. Locas, I was regretfully informed that it turns out that I guess in every podcast episode I sneeze. And I think I've done a pretty good job of not sneezing lately. <laughs> I think in the past two episodes, I have not sneezed at all. Okay, my nose has not tickled. Not once. Not once. Yeah, that was me that said it. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to say she sneezed the most on this, on this, on these episodes. And so, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't sneeze, knock on wood, but. I sneeze all the time. Yeah, you do. <laughs> See, you just admitted it. But I didn't realize that I was doing it in the episodes. And yeah. then you pointed it out and I was like, oh my God, like super self-conscious. Like I'll make sure to blow my nose before I start an episode. I was just being a good co-host and letting you know like, hey, this is what the comments are saying. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that? I don't know. I don't that's know. all we had for you today, Logan. Yes, that's all we have for you today. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Spotify for podcasters, Amazon Music, Google, Google Podcasts. Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at La Vida Picante. And you can email us at La Vida Picante at Gmail. But who uses email anymore? Just DM us. Just we are, DM us. We're in with the times. Slide we... into our DMs. Yes. And... and suggest movies for us to watch that we won't review until way later. Yes. Way later. We are still trying to catch up. Catch up and watch Green Room, Garrett. <laughs> and and titan which was uh you know i don't even know if i'm pronouncing it right that might be the mexican way of pronouncing it like titan titan <laughs> but that is a really fucked up movie okay i watched it it was horrific it traumatized me gave me nightmares you need to watch it next why do i need to watch it i hate horror because movies. we're gonna do it's not a horror movie we need to review <sighs> this movie it was a suggestion it was a suggestion by a fan so by our fans so we need to we need to review it I'm not watching it without you. And I can tell you that it's the most horrifying movie that I have ever seen in my life. And it's not horror. I'm not watching it without you. It is extremely disturbing. I'm not watching it without you. It involves you. a car. I'm not watching it without you. And oil. I'm not watching it without you. And that's all you need to know. I'm not <laughs> watching it without you. <laughs> I cannot watch this movie by myself. I watched it, you know, I was by myself late at night. I had all the lights turned off. And I was like, oh, I'll watch this movie. It's a, it's an interesting French film, right? French cinema. 
And right in the first act, I was like, what am I watching? Like, this is like literally all my nightmares come true. Oh, no. But it's not horror. And you want me to watch this by myself? Yeah, it's not horror. It's not a scary movie. It's just very mentally and emotionally distressing. You just said horrifying. It is, but not... The word horror is in horrifying. But it does not contain ghosts, UFOs, spiritual things, paranormal things. Like, none of these things happen in the movie. I'm okay with spirit... Not spiritual. What is that? the one that I like? Supernatural. Supernatural. Demonic. Insidious. Demonic. Insidious and conjuring. None of these things happen, but it is a very... Uh, it's definitely a social commentary on misogyny. There you go. Okay. That's what it is. That's very, very interesting. <laughs> I'm still not going to watch it without you. <laughs> so, yes. With that, that is the end of episode 19. Episode 19. Only of... six more episodes. We're going to have a 24-episode season. You know what? I'm going to stop yes. myself right there because we say this all the time that we're going to have a full season and then we go on indefinite hiatuses. So yes. I don't know. So look out for 24 episodes of season two or not. <laughs> Or not. Because we, we don't even know ourselves. We don't even know. But I think I think we will be able to because we, we have this one coming out. We planned ahead. Actually, what what is it? The the Flash one came out today. Yeah, Flash premiere today. Then Next we're doing week Transformers. is Transformers. That one's releasing. And then this one that we're doing now, Astro yeah. City is gonna release next. Yeah. And then we have Mission Impossible Barbie, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. You almost forgot to mention Oppenheimer. We've yes. been hyping up this movie so much, you almost so, forgot what, it. What was it? This is 19. Demon Slayer anime. Yeah, Demon Slayer. We have Oppenheimer, Barbie, Which, Mission Impossible. I'll be completely honest, though, because I've gotten up to season two of Demon Slayer. So definitely in this time period where episodes catch up with us, uh, I will be watching the third season. I don't think there's a fourth season, is there? No. I think okay. it just got renewed for a fourth season. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I need to catch up because I, I just finished Mugen Train. Yeah, same. So I need to I need to watch that. Once we watch that, we will do that anime, and then um, whichever anime Kim is able to watch, like Attack on Titan, then we'll do that one. That's gonna take me a lot to catch up on because I watched Attack on Titan when it was first coming out, um, like season one, season two, and so on. And then at some point, like I just never watched it again. Yeah, it's getting good because the actually is the, it still the, going? Yes, because well oh the, the the last episode, the final episode, uh. Releases in September. Whoo! Wow, but, I don't know why I thought this anime ended like a long time ago. It was supposed to end, but then they realized, oh yeah, we still have like two other volumes to to cover. Ooh! And so now this like the Love final that. the final chapters the the last last episode the trailer comes yeah. out tomorrow. Ooh, that's gonna be really good. Okay, so maybe I do have enough time to watch all of these episodes and catch up, yep. and then be able to do an Attack on Titan episode. It's all on Hulu. You can use my Crunchyroll as well if you oh, want to. Oh, that's true. So with that, that is the end of episode 19 for Asteroid City. We'll see you Bye, later. Bye, Locas. Goodbye.